Monsters Spooky Time Fright Hour. Your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And I tell them coppers, ha 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 ha, you can't catch them, you can't stop them. That is what you tell those coppers. I tell them that every time I encounter them. Wow. That is brazen. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're like uh, you're like the Joker of Connecticut. I, I they, you know what's funny? A lot of people call me the Joker of Connecticut. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's only natural, and I think it's time for a cryptid affair. Well. <laughs> Have I got some exciting news for you? This one comes to us from The Guardian. We've uncovered some things. Pentagon's UFO online reporting tool launches. Move signals U.S. government slowly opening up about what it knows or doesn't about unidentified anomalous phenomena. The Pentagon has launched an online reporting tool for certain encounters with unidentified anomalous phenomena, formerly known as UFOs, in an expansion of its effort to be more transparent about its exploration of the unknown. The government now has a website where you can report if you've seen a UFO. Oh. They did it. But uh, only current or former employee, federal employees or those with direct knowledge of U.S. government programs or activities related to UAP dating back to 1945 are so far eligible to use the secure form, which went live on Tuesday on the website of the Defense Department's somewhat blandly named All-Domain Anomaly Resolutions Office, or Arrow. <laughs> An option for the public to submit reports is coming soon, officials say. So maybe I could as a, uh, a government employee. I wonder if I could log in there. You totally could. Uh, yeah, uh, I worked for the post office and I saw some alien mail. <laughs> I was like, we don't have a Zeep Zorp Avenue. I was, de I was delivering some kryptonite and thought something must be up. Uh, an option for the public to submit, uh, officials say, the move signifies that the government is slowly moving closer to fulfilling its promise of complete openness about what it knows or doesn't about everything from strange flashes in the sky to the possibility of alien life and sightings of unusual flying craft. You see, they wanted me to, to deliver these three mirrors with aliens trapped in them. Mm, yes, there's obviously you've got Zod. Right, and, that's who it was addressed to. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, this reporting mechanism that is on the website is for people who think they have first-hand knowledge of clandestine programs that the government has been hiding, he said. If a pilot's flying around and he sees something in his airspace and needs to report it, it goes through operational channels. So this is a way for like anonymous whistleblowers in the government to be I'm like... I say, this is a whistleblower program. Yeah, for, for aliens. Uh, I... Let's see. Conspiracy theories about the level of government involvement in and knowledge of UFO and UAP research and programs have circulated for decades, from rumors of a secret government facility holding alien spacecraft and life forms at Area 51 in the Mojave Desert, to the fictionalization of the topic in popular TV programs such as 
the X Files. I have a question. Shoot. They they said an unknown um, place held alien stuff, and then they said it's called Area Fifty One. Yeah, I, I mean, allegedly that's where it is. Okay, well, allegedly, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Kirkpatrick said those clinging to such beliefs are likely to be disappointed. Uh-oh. I currently have no evidence of any program having ever existed to do any sort of reverse engineering of any sort of extraterrestrial UAP program, he said. Who asked him about reverse engineering? Yeah, it's a little telling. He's like, well, I know no one's doing reverse engineering of alien technology. That's not what, I mean, I that's know not what, that's that. what, No, who would be doing something like that? Uh, we do have a requirement by law to bring whistleblowers or other interviewees in who think that it does exist, and they may have information that pertains to that. Notably, he dangled the prospect of upcoming public dissemination of some information that had previously been kept secret. It's coming. The proof is coming, you guys. So much of Congress look like aliens that don't fit the skin suits they're wearing. It's true. It's going to turn out that there are 90% of uh, Congress. It's just been <laughs> aliens from another world. Uh, I just want to pull Mitch McConnell's neck down. Yeah. Yeah. See what is, if he even has a skull or if it's just a series of bladders. <laughs> sugar, sugar. Uh, we've got a package of a lot of new material that uh, we've got ready for release. We've uncovered some things that we are having declassified. Not just operational videos, but Historical documents, he said, without giving details. He described it as educational material that will help inform the public. So Uh, there you have it, Ethan. Alien stuff is going to be revealed any day now it's going to happen. This time we're serious. Well, we're inviting the whistleblowers to blow their whistles. That's a step in the right direction. Get out there. You will not be court-martialed if you reveal that your air marshal has an alien in his house that he keeps as a sex slave. Sounds like they're just starting a big queue to court-martial people. Yeah, yeah, this is probably, this is just, like, bait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Tell it to us. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, we're releasing everything that we get. Yeah, don't talk to the press. Just just submit a uh, form. Yeah, it'll get somewhere. Yeah, no, no, we can do it for you anonymously. No one will know it's you, Henry. Oh, Mitch McConnell's skin doesn't fit. We'll look into it ASAP. Thank you. Yeah, well, everything's good. I don't know. We've released everything, you guys. (laughs) So, Ethan, that was A Cryptid Affair. Now, why don't you tell the audience about the premise of our show? Well, like all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us shibble this week has done extensive research on a ghost ghoul goblin demon some sort of cryptid and the other one of us ethan that's me has done absolutely nothing i've been relaxing chilling and maxing like the fresh prince and jazzy jeff now the cryptid of the week shibble is the it's the mongolian death worm oh my and and where is the mongolian death worm from well, would you believe it? It's from Mongolia. Mongolia. Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Another thing that you've learned here at Uncle Monster Spooky Time Fright Hour. You're welcome, lifelong learners. Excellent research. So I will be playing audience surrogate and finding out all of the information 
Your hearts are burning with desire to know as we find out from Shibble all there is to know about the Mongolian death worm. Yes. Now, Ethan, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to part the kimono here a little bit. <laughs> I see your dick. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I like yeah, you. Thank you. So you uh, had actually started researching the Mongolian death worm. I had just on my own, just for fun. Well, yeah, you and I, uh, you hadn't decided whether or not uh, what you were going to research last week. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just start researching so I can have something ready to go just in case, you know, never hurts. And if not, I'll have a jump on next week. So yeah. I started doing research on the Mongolian death worm and then found out that you had already started researching the Mongolian death worm. And you graciously decided to uh, agreed to let me keep the Mongolian death worm. And you jumped over to uh, the Rougarou. Not only that, but I tried not to give away what I was doing when I tested yes. you. Yes, you referred to it as the MDW and said that it came from an area between Russia and China. <laughs> Somewhere in there, you know. So, so in exactly 0.7 seconds, Shibble goes, oh, the Mongolian death worm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, I actually here, and I sent him a photograph of the, my handwritten notes. Because I still take notes by hand. I'm old school, baby. Uh, now, uh, so, but... So do you know what the Mongolian death worm is? Do you have a guess? Um, see, I know what it is just because it's a Mongolian death worm. I, I didn't do a ton of research. I was just doing my beginning research, but it's called the Mongolian death worm. We know what it is. So what I don't know is how it causes death. And that's where I focused my three guesses. Tell me, tell me, how how do you think that does that? Okay. My first theory is that All right, it uses, huh? I said number one. Oh, I thought you said hold on. <laughs> Thank you, Jamaican DJ. My first guess is that it uses a guillotine and it wears a little worm hood, like a little cosplay Jabba the Hutt. How cute would that be? Did Jabba the Hutt wear a hood? No, that would be a cosplay, a cosplay Jabba the Hutt. Okay, so like, okay, well, yeah, that might be it. That it might. The thing is, how does it flip the switch? I guess with its little tail. Yeah, of course. How cute would that be? Oh my god, it's got a little hood on, and it goes whoop with its tail. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, my second theory, uh, supposing that that isn't right, is that mm -hmm. it secretes AIDS from its AIDS gland, which um, is always fatal if you're not wealthy. That's not correct. No. Okay. My third guess is that it. This one's cool. This is like how. All right. I, this is like how I would picture it in a horror movie. It okay. vomits on you, and then those fluids digest you outside of the body, and then when you're digested, it slurps the you puddle up with a straw. How sick is that? That is good. Uh, reminds me of uh, the fly. Did Jeff Goldblum oh, yeah. do something with the fly? A little bit. Yeah. yeah totally. Uh, now, let's talk about the Mongolian death worm for real. Yes, for real, for real. I can't wait. I'm very excited about the Mongolian death worm. All right. Well, the best, how do you learn best, would you say? If you had to guess. Um, I had to guess how you learn best from probably capital punishment. Uh, but second. Well, you best. can only really learn one lesson that way. 
Yeah, whatever my parents wanted me to know. Are you thinking of corporal punishment? Yes, I'm thinking of... <laughs> the first time I was executed... Uh, no, um, I. Uh, to be honest, the way I learn most effectively is via narrative fiction. Narr well, I've got some great news. What? Tell me. It's story time. It's story time. It's story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. By any account, <laughs> it would be fair to say that you've lived a life of privilege. Your father, Alexander Delight, <laughs> the of Sunny Delight, parlayed his success in the citrus beverage industry into a sizable empire, a variety of concerns. <laughs> After his death, he left that empire to you, his only son and heir. You're always more interested in spending money than making it, however. You sold off your father's businesses piece by piece, and since have been living a life many would dream of. Yes, you, Rory Delight, are incredibly <laughs> wealthy. You are also incredibly perverse. You're spending your vast fortune fulfilling your twisted urges. Indeed, without your fortune, your appetites would go unsatisfied. You can only imagine the frustration you would feel if it were not for your private jet, ready to whisk you away to whatever destination you need. And I do mean need to visit, to satisfy <laughs> the lust that springs from within you. You are what psychologists call an eremophiliac. In fact, they call you the Eremophiliac, as you are the only documented one of your kind on Earth. You are sexually attracted to deserts. <laughs> you felt this way for as long as you can remember. One of your earliest memories is of a fluttering in the pit of your stomach as you saw the roadrunner zipping through the painted desert imagined by Chuck Jones. What? <laughs> in your teens... You watched David Lynch's Dune so many times the tape snapped inside your VCR. <laughs> now, as an adult, you fly around the world making love to deserts. What? <laughs> From the sultry, seductive Sahara to the deepest valleys of Death Valley, you've painted the painted desert and caused a calamity in the Kalahari. <laughs> you even got hot in the Antarctic, which is technically a desert. You just had one left on your list. It was time to go big in the Gobi. Your helicopter dropped you off here, miles away from civilization. Your pilot, Reichardt, will be waiting for you uh, for the next three days. If you didn't return, he was to fly in concentric circles until he found you while coordinating a search with HQ. Most assumed that you were an extreme outdoor survivalist, which you had become to some extent. 
uh, you hike several miles away out of sight. You wait until the wind has blown your footprints away. And all there was was desert. Barren sand nestled in valleys between mountains. You take a breath and admire the perfect quiet in the 108 degree heat. You reach down and grab the hem of your mother's wedding dress, which you are wearing, due to a separate, unrelated perversion. <laughs> your thoughts begin to hyperfocus on the act. The inevitable spilling of your seed into this barren wasteland. Oh, God. A god creating a new genesis. <laughs> you reach out to dig a four-inch hole with your index and middle fingers. When you see the sand moving, wiggling up from a dune. First the head, then a long pink body. It slithers forth, a slimy, three-foot-long pink worm. Something about this is an instant turnoff for you. <laughs> you want the, this little beast ruin Rory Delight's afternoon delight. <laughs> you grab it to fling it away, but as soon as you do, your world goes completely black. Reichardt did indeed find your body spread flat across the face of a dune like a starfish. <laughs> your ass hanging out of your mother's wedding dress. <laughs> he would bury you there, where you lay in accordance with your wishes. And the world will never know that you, Rory Delight, <laughs> were killed by the Mongolian death worm. Yeah! Thank you. That was fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I I had a tough time coming up with the concept on this. I was no, like, oh, I loved desert. it. I loved it. Um, I love that you, you had desert in mind and you were like, oh, this guy likes to fuck deserts. I like how you went from one to the other. I was trying to think of a funny reason to go to the Gobi Desert and that was yeah, the person no, that came to it. mind. Fucking and, yeah, funny yeah, sexually attracted to deserts. Uh, I like Reichardt. When I heard his name, that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, I I realized that that I, he definitely needed like a right hand man character. And Rory, Rory Delight, Rory Delight, billionaire pervert, wants to fuck every desert in the world. I love that story. This is I, and you know what? I love that you left mystery. Because I don't know how it killed him. And that was the question that was eating me up from the start. Yes. Well, let's get into it. Let's. You want to learn about the Mongolian death worm? Oh, good God, do I? Okay. Well, the big picture is it's a, a two to five foot long worm. About as wide around as like a sausage. That's it. Uh, that lives in the Gobi Desert. Yes. Uh, it is coated in a deadly poison. Oh. It spits a corrosive venom. Oh. And it can also emit deadly electrical shocks. Really? Enough enough shock to kill you? Enough shock to... Well, it can be a little bit tough to say because they say no one that ever saw the Mongolian death worm... Well, no, they don't say that because people... Well, a lot of people who see the Mongolian death worm... Why are you lying? Die. I'm just... A lot of them die. Okay. Yeah, well, that's it's a Mongolian death worm. It's to be expected. So it's tough to say whether or not it, like maybe it stuns you with the electricity and then kills you with the poison or the venom. 
uh, or if the electricity is alone is enough to kill you, but it's enough to at least very much fuck you up. Yeah, understood. Now, uh, do you have any facts for us this week? Oh, we have Layla Presents Mongolian Facts. All right, hit me up with Layla Presents Mongolian Facts. Number one. The Mongols Outlaw Motorcycle Club was formed in 1969. Formed as a Hispanic rival to the infamous Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, the Mongols was created in Montebello, California in 1969, where they have grown to become one of the most notorious outlaw motorcycle clubs out there. What they lack in numbers, they make up for in brutality and tenacity. All right, so they're some bad dudes. They are. They're frightening. If I had to pick one crowd that I didn't, like, I just felt completely foreign around and scared, it would be bikers. Yeah, it's it's a weird, uh, outlaw biker specifically. Like, That's there are right. a lot of yeah, bikers yeah. there. 1%, you know, like, outlaw biker clubs, MC, whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, that would be basically, like, be walking into a gang house. Do you know what I mean? I'd like, rather it's... walk into a lot of different gang houses than the biker one. No, that and that's fair. Number two. The German Mongols Club president died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, irony. I don't know why that is something about... Actually, most members of the <laughs> German... <laughs> oh, Dieter's gotten into an accident. Um... Actually most, me- <laughs> Actually, most members of the German club that was formed back in 2010 didn't know how to ride a bike. If anything... That's a problem. If- <laughs> That's a big problem for your motorcycle gang. I feel Dieter, like... what you press down to go. If anything, they use their cars... Maybe we to- should just form a gang, guys. <laughs> to learn. <laughs> Maybe just a regular gang. <laughs> If anything, they used their cars to get around places and didn't even have motorcycle licenses. When Mustafa B., president of the German Mongols Motorcycle Club, finally got his license, he was immediately involved in an accident and passed away. Oh, R.I.P. to Mongol B. R.I.P. to Mustafa B. Mustafa B. Number three. The Mongols have been in trouble with the police from time to time. When it comes to the Mongols, the kind of problems that come to mind are usually assault, theft, vandalism, and all sorts of violent offenses. At one point, the Mongols had as many as 270 warrants issued against leadership all at once. That's a lot of warrants. That is. That's oh, presidential levels of warrants. Oh, I'm I think that... <laughs> indictments. Yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's a, that seems like you're getting close to a RICO case there. This might be some form of organized crime. Yeah, we're not professional law enforcement, but you have 270 uh, fucking warrants. You you might go looking for a RICO case, yes. It it just seems like where there's smoke, there's fire. (laughs) Hey, Mustafa B., I love your new bike. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, check this out. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Oh... Oh, I hope we don't have them in our audience. I think we have maybe one listener in Germany. I wouldn't worry about it too much. You guys, I was listening to my favorite podcast. <laughs> you won't believe what they said about Mustafa B. <laughs> uh, now, you might be wondering, what do they call the Mongolian deathworm in Mongolia? <laughs> deathworm? Uh, well, it's got a couple of different names that I found. It's tough to... There are a bunch of words that sound very similar. 
And so they might be uh, transliterated differently or, or... So, well, you'll see. You've got the name Olgoy Korkoy. Oh, I like that. Uh, that translates to brain worm. Oh. And that might be because it looks a little bit like the wrinkles in a brain, like sort of stretched out. Yeah. Like that kind of vibe. Uh, it might also be called the uh, Algoy Korkoy. Uh, which translates to large intestine worm, because it also oh. looks kind of like a large intestine. Totally. Or, as it was originally written about, it might be the Alergorhai Horhai, which means death worm. Oh, okay. So we got a lot of options. Yeah, I like I like Horhoi. That's fun to say. Yeah, I like Olgoi Korhoi. Olgoi Horhoi. Yeah. Well, here in the West, obviously, it's largely known as the Mongolian government. Not anymore. We're going we're gonna to get people saying... Yeah, no, we're bringing it back. Way. Yeah. Our, let's pay some respect to the Mongolian people and their beautiful language. We <laughs> call it the Olgoy Horkhoi. <laughs> and please, if we're pronouncing that wrong, man, I know. But yeah, teach me. I would love to learn it if I, if I, how to do it right. We love learning. Just like uh, when you get a new motorcycle and you learn to ride it before you do tricks. That's true. And I'm going to say we have no listeners in Mongolia <laughs> yet. But who knows? Maybe they'll see this and think, finally, some representation. <laughs> now, uh, the, the old Goy Horkhoi, uh, <laughs> they travel beneath the sands of the Gobi Desert. And when it feels vibrations from something walking on the surface, it will pop up and attack. Kind of like the giant worms in Frank Herbert's Dune. Or in Beetlejuice. Yes, like those sandworms as well. Uh, it's said to be very aggressive. And if you see it, it is probably going to attack you. And if it attacks you, it is probably going to kill you. So you got to watch out for that. No, warning understood. <laughs> no, if, if you see one, it's probably already too late. It's, it's, it's over if you see one. Yeah. Kill yourself. You're, you're a dead man walking. Yeah. Just like Sean Penn. <laughs> Just like him. Just like what Sean Penn in that feature-length film. Now, that's, uh, that's the last thought of many victims of the uh, old Goya Jorjoy is like, I feel just like Sean Penn. Yeah, I, it's like when I look at the feature-length film Dead Man Walking, it's like I'm watching a documentary about me. <laughs> well, it's time for that new hit segment this season. Oh, Christ. At least the song's good. Come and 
Ethan, Hello, first son. question. First question. Do you have any updates for us? Uh, I I watched um, a pornography about a stepmother. Okay, so you're moving on to uh, the more age-appropriate uh, pornography stars. That's always good to hear. That's a sign of... No, they're, they're young. I, I, I'm guessing they're in their late 20s, <laughs> these MILFs. Okay, well, I mean, still, it's better than the 18s. Oh, I don't, I never, I, I don't get into that. I don't. No, daughter, it always has a bad vibe when they're yeah, like no, saying. My daughter. No, I would love it if no one mentioned their age. Yeah, I can exactly. pick up the vibe from looking at you. But, but, you know, I mean, that's a main thing is they're like babies, you know, even if it's not about age, it's implicit in the babysitter in that. Yeah. You know? It's gross. That's why I like the MILF stuff. Well, fair enough. Listeners. Ethan likes the MILF stuff. Now, I like, I like a lot of, of the porn, but, but that's... No, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but no uh, interactions. It's strictly been a one-way sexuality thing. You haven't been reaching out to any person that you've been interacting with. No, I haven't interacted with any ladies because I quit with that site. Okay, you got off that one. I'm off that site. Because and you once, haven't set up... Hinge. Once I got into an Israel-Palestine argument, I was like, this is not going to end with sex. No. No, it seems like now would be an especially complicated time to be on J-Day. I yeah, would not is. be surprised if their engagement went down right now. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, And especially if your name is One Pretty Jew. They're like, what do you mean by that? Gaza yeah. should die? And I'm like, no. Yeah, not at not all. Not the time, yeah. Not the time to be looking for controversy and uh, pushing people's personal boundaries in the Jewish community. Yeah, not 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 the time. Not I, if you're I, also looking to get laid. Well, who cares? I mean, I I used to be driven by sex, and I'm finding that I'm not as that's not as motivating a factor as it used to be. All right, so now you can focus on a genuine human connection. Oh, I thought you were gonna say focus on like watching more movies. Yeah, or you could focus on really figuring out what you like when you masturbate. Yeah, well, I already know that. I mean, no, it's true. You like you watching pornography is the part where you where the cum comes out. That's really good. You know what the best is when you masturbate? Running through your like you know how your brain takes footage of your past sexual encounters. A little bit. Yeah, you go into all those files, and it's just it's it's so wonderful. It's like reliving it. It's true. It's a fabulous time. Listeners, if you haven't checked it out, try masturbating. <laughs> Back to the Mongolian deathworm. Do you think anyone masturbates with a condom on? Like any weirdos? I feel like in middle school, a kid told me he did that so that he could <laughs> get used to the sensation. Oh, he was he, he sent some sex was coming? Yeah, he's like, I want to be ready. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, slamming and then I can't come. I'm like, that's not going to be the problem, dude. You are 14. If you, you were getting laid next weekend, you would not make it to putting the condom on. You don't think there's any, like, 38, 48-year-old dudes who just, like, when it's time to masturbate, they're like, got to put on a condom. Well, I feel like to a certain extent, that's what fleshlights are, just really thick, huge condoms. <laughs> that's a good point. Good yeah, point. I, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some dudes out there who was like, this is a cleanliness thing. <laughs> He's gotcha. between them. Those dudes are fucking psychos. Yeah, and so that's where we stand with uh, uh, finding me a, a lady. It's going really yeah. well. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you you tried one thing and you realized you were going to stop throwing good energy after bad. Right. Exactly. Uh, you can start emotionally preparing yourself for the next thing. That's right. I'm with you, Shivs. Now, the attacks of the cold goalie, of the old goalie Korkhoi <laughs> are pretty consistently deadly, as I've mentioned. The electrical discharge in order to kill a human being would have to be at least 0.7 amps. Uh, the venom is said to kill a man within a matter of minutes, wow. uh, which makes it more deadly than black mamba venom, which takes several hours. Uh, the poison, this, the contact poison, is comparable probably to that of the golden poison frog, uh, which can kill a grown man in a matter of 10 minutes. Whoa. Uh, the golden poison frogs secrete a poison called batrachotoxin, which is it's a nerve poison. What it does is it breaks open. Are you ready for this? I, I'm excited. A trachotoxin? Batrachotoxin. Right. And once again, if my pronunciation on that is probably about as good as my pronunciation on Ogoi Horkoi. Bless you. Uh, but uh, it's it's a nerve poison. What it does is it breaks open the sodium channel in the nerves, which leads to muscles permanently contracting. Oh, no. Including the muscles in your heart and diaphragm. So your heart stops breathing and you lose the ability to breathe. That is awful. So it's similar to assume that the contact poison from the MDW works the same way if it's working at the same sort of speed. There probably aren't that many mechanisms that are that effective in killing somebody. When I think of dying by frog, I don't think of it being that awful usually. You would hate it. I would I would hate to get killed by a frog. Oh god, how embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, and you'd have to you'd hope that someone would be like actually that frog's really deadly. That would have killed anybody. Yeah. And everybody would be like, did you hear? Get killed by a frog. I would want the story on my tombstone so people wouldn't assume the worst that like I slipped on it or something. I would want them to know that it was legit. Yeah. That it was it was coming for you, and you fought it tooth and nail. Yeah. Like, I took more poison than anyone else, and finally I succumbed. Yeah, I killed it while I was dying of the poison. I took it with me. Yeah, they trust me. I want it buried with me. And also, the poison is very dangerous. It is an incredibly dangerous poison. Put that on the yeah. tombstone. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and also, I love my family. Or, or, you know, just put in quotes, this is not embarrassing. That's all we need. That's all we need. Well, I'm it. not embarrassed. That uh, You know what? Yeah. I might get that anyway. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Uh, now, all the info that I was able to find on the Mongolian deathworm came from sort of Western travel research in Mongolia. Uh, there, I haven't been able to find any Mongolian sources, unfortunately. I'm sure they're out there just couldn't read them. It's true. I can't read Mongolian. I can't. I don't. I wouldn't even know how to begin to search for Mongolian text. I haven't had enough time translating those three alternate possible names of the old Goy Khorkhoi. You know. (laughs) Uh, So finding an actual primary resource from Mongolia, I wasn't able to do it. Uh, But I do have some uh, Western stuff. Uh, We also. Like I said, we don't have any listeners in Mongolia, so Not I guess yet. we're even Stevens. Yeah. Why don't you try listening to us, and then maybe I'll listen to you about your thing. Yeah, really. Now, uh, the first Westerner to write about the Olgoy Khorkhoi 
was a, paleonto a paleontologist named Roy Chapman Andrews in his book On the Trail of Ancient Man. It, well, he got off course, apparently. Oh, well, yeah, well, here's, here's what happened. Here's what he wrote. <laughs> in his chapter, In the City of the Living God, uh, he describes meeting up with the Mongolian premier, uh, and this was, uh, what, in uh, yeah, 1923, I want to say. Uh, he meets up with the Mongolian premier, the minister of foreign affairs, and some other, like, ranking government officials, so they can discuss uh, uh, and get a formal agreement on his uh, expedition into uh, the Gobi Desert, where he's hoping to look for dinosaur eggs. Oh. There's, there's supposed to be a bunch of dinosaur eggs there. And uh, after sitting down with all these officials, they all, uh, they agree to it. They're like, okay, we've worked out the details. Here you go. And they sign the papers. And then they ask him, like, he's on his way out the door. And they're like, oh, one more thing. Uh, if uh, if you run into the Alargoy Horhai while you're out there, can you bring one back to the capital? <laughs> We'd love to, you know, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have it, to put... To show everybody that, yeah, we do have death worms. They exist. These guys are dicks for making him. We've grab. been looking for a death worm for ages. No one's been able to find one and capture one. If you capture one, that would be really cool. And Andrews writes that he's heard about the Allergoy Horhoi before and that it is, uh, quote, uh, it's shaped like a sausage, about two feet long, has no head or legs, and is so poisonous that merely to touch it means death. It's like that drug uh, that police touch. Fentanyl. And, yeah, when police get near fentanyl and they have seizures for no reason. <laughs> yeah, fentanyl is basically uh, just concentrated olgoi horkoi secretion. You ever see those videos where the cops like, wait, was that fentanyl? And someone will make it up and be like, yeah, I guess, sure, whatever you say. And then, they, and then they start writhing around. They're like, oh, I've been poisoned. Oh, the fentanyl got me. How do you even transport this stuff? <laughs> uh, so the, the assembled Mongolian government uh, employees all say that they know someone else who's seen it. Nobody there has seen one, but they all got like a cousin. Oh, my sister saw one. Oh, my, my brother-in-law. He ran into an old guy, Karkoy, outside his farm. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and... Yeah, Andrew says that if he runs into it, he'll try and snag it. And they say, if you do, you want to pick it up with long steel forceps. And you want to make sure you're wearing thick, dark glasses so that it doesn't spit its venom into your eyes. Uh, and he says, yeah, sure. I'll keep an eye out. If I see it, I'll bring it back. And then he goes on. He finds a bunch of dinosaur eggs. He doesn't end up finding the old boy. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, now, there have been a lot of other uh, notable uh, expeditions out to find the Ulagoi Korkoi by cryptozoologists over the year. This is kind of a favorite amongst the cryptozoological community. This is a very popular one, right? Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of credibility for it, I think. They're, you know, And obviously a desert. Who knows what's under the sand in a desert in right. a given place? You know? And these legends go back, and it sounds so cool. Of course you want to go and find this. So... In 1990, 1992, and 2004, notable Czech cryptozoologist Ivan McCurl, <laughs> uh, he put together uh, expeditions to the Gobi. 
and he brought along devices that would sort of thump in rhythm on the ground to send vibrations out to the sand to make the the Oligoi Korkoi think that there was something walking around. Very much like uh, they do in Dune. Uh, but uh doesn't work. Never finds one. <laughs> in either 2006 or 2007, the television series Destination Truth investigated the Mongolian deathworm for the Sci-Fi Channel. Once again, no luck. Wish they had found one. No, that would be great. Uh, still, it was able. They were able to get enough content to fill up half an episode. Season two, episode two, Haunted Island and Devil Worm. So it's a <laughs> Devil Worm segment. Devil Worm. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know, they might call it the Devil Worm. It's really just a defense mechanism. I mean, it's not evil. I mean, it's out there dropping bodies. It is. At the end of the day, it has to be stopped. It's putting notches in the llama. And that's that's uh, was sort of the premise of the sci-fi original channel movie. Sci-fi wanted more Mongolian Deathworm. <laughs> because in 2010, they released a film called Mongolian Deathworm, directed by Stephen R. Monroe and starring Sean Patrick Flannery. Who's he? Uh, you might know him from uh, Will and Grace. Boondock Saints. Oh. Or uh, he was in... He was uh, one of the brothers in Boondock Saints? Yeah. He was the really? one that wasn't on uh, Walking Dead. Gotcha. Uh, Dread Central reviews did, uh, reviewed the film as, quote, instantly forgettable. <laughs> well, then how do they know if it was good or not? <laughs> yeah, it's true. They don't even remember if they had a good time or not. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, really, that's not really a knock on it. It's just kind of saying we don't know. Game, set, match... Dread Central, I take it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, that uh, sort of comes to the conclusion of my Mongolian death worm, Ethan. Do you have any more? Mongolian facts. Number four. The Mongols were fined $500,000. Woo! The Mongols Motorcycle Club was fined half a million dollars by a judge in a racketeering case. Okay. Due to their long history of violence, prosecutors said the group also operated an organized criminal enterprise involved in murder, attempted murder, and drug distribution. All right, so there we go. We're getting close to that RICO case I was talking about. Yeah, it's, well, it says uh, they were fined in a racketeering case. That could be a RICO case. Yeah, it could be. Roll them all up. <laughs> Roll them up. <laughs> that sounds official. I like that. Get them in a neat little package. Number five, the Mongols have been infiltrated twice by law enforcement. Back in 1998, Agent William Queen from the ATF went undercover to gather evidence against the Mongols. Queen ended up becoming a fully patched member and chapter Sick. vice president. Wasn't there a uh, Charlie Sheen movie with this plot? Where Charlie Sheen played an FBI agent that went undercover in a biker gang? I don't know. I don't. I don't watch a lot of Charlie Sheen movies since Major League. Well, this probably would have been before Major League. Oh, really? Oh no, no, no. It would, Major League was really early in his. That's eighty nine. All right, Charlie Sheen biker movie. That's Beyond the Law from nineteen ninety three. Wow. Police officer Daniel Saxon goes undercover 
in an effort to topple a motorcycle gang whose members deal in illegal weapons and drugs. To prove himself to the gang's leader, a thug called Blood, <laughs> Michael Madsen, Saxon engages in a series of dangerous acts. Though he takes solace in his burgeoning romance with Renee, Linda Fiorentino, a photographer chronicling the gang's lifestyle. Saxon finds the line between police work and criminal behavior increasingly blurry. Oh, that's, you know what's going to happen. That's crazy. See, the girls should have been in the gang, so his loyalty was tested. And it was uh, based on true events. So this could be that case. Yeah, maybe they were just prescient. Oh, so Queen, the agent, uh, became a fully patched member and chapter vice president. Evidence gathered by Queen led to the convictions of 53 Mongols. Damn. Snitch. The club was yeah, infiltrated they were framed. again in 2008 by four ATF agents in an operation called Black Rain. Wasn't mm-hmm. that a movie? Uh, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that was a Michael Douglas, Tony Scott movie. Yeah, I think, so. I think Michael Douglas rings a bell. The operation led to the arrest of 38 more Mongols, including the Mongols' national president at the time, Ruben Doc Cavazos. Framed. <laughs> yeah, really. Innocent. He's no Mustafa B. Number six. The Mongols have made millions in illegal activities. Millions, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Should I make it billions just to make it more interesting? Uh, yeah, the I Mongols mean, have made trillions in illegal activities. No, millions sounds like a lot. I'm wondering if there are any I could get involved in. Oh, really? You'd like to be a Mongol? I mean, if the money's good. Oh, it seems to be. I, I just think Oh, but I don't want to find myself in a Mustafa B situation. I do not know how to ride a, a hog. Oh, well, see, they're going to make you. So Yeah, that's yeah. No, sorry, fellas. I'm going to have to pass on this exciting opportunity. <laughs> From stealing countless motorcycles to human trafficking and expensive, shout out Andrew Tate, and expensive drug deals, the Mongols have raked in some serious cash from crime over the years. In recent years, though, the club supposedly has refrained from engaging in any more criminal activities following the election of David Santillan as club president in 2015. All right, so they've gone straight. I guess David Santillan is like a the Bernie Sanders of 1% motorcycle club gangs. Yeah, he's cleaning it all up. Yeah, who knew? And well, that, those are our facts for now. Well, those facts were crazy. They were. Kind of like the Mongolian death worm. A truly crazy little beast. <laughs> now, it sounds crazy, but can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but... Can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. This might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? 
What do you think? You think could that little pink guy fall in love? Such a sweet voice you have. Oh, thank you. Um, I think. I, are there more than one of them? Yes, I believe they are a species. Well, then I I don't see any reason to believe they can't love. I mean, animals love. I don't know if worms love. Are worms animals? Yes. Then I think they can love. I like I like to think that animals can love and have souls, even the slimy ones. Okay, fair enough. Maybe I am being Lucas. Uh, but let's say you wanted to go on a hot date, right? With a venomous, poisonous electrical worm. Mm-hmm. Where would you? What's your first date? Um, I think you know those bikes that you have two seats on and you pedal the together? tandem. Tandem bike. I would like to ride on a on a tandem bike with the worm through Firenze. So how would it, would it have to work the pedals or would it just be riding on the other seat? It would work one pedal. Okay. Okay. Kind of like the worm from busy town, the one that drives the apple. Give me that kind of If you can, you work one pedal, then it's just like them. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what would I do with a Mongolian death? Did I steal your answer? Were you going to say bike through Firenze? No, no. You know what I'm going to do? It's so dry out in the desert. Oh, that's true. And he's a, he's a slimy little guy. Mm-hmm. I bet he would love just uh, a little schwitz. You know, get a little moisture. Great idea. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll head on down to the old Turkish baths. <laughs> show off my features, you know, just that bath towel, a little tease. All right. And... Uh, yeah, he could really, really soak that up. You know, maybe hit him with some birch branches. Get him feeling good. I like that. It's almost a spa day. Can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? <laughs> How many are there? Uh, there are more than one. How many do you need? Then they can fuck. Okay. You think, all right. You think, yeah, worms... Worms can famously fuck. Have you ever seen uh, worms fuck? No, uh, uh, maybe I might have seen it on like a YouTube. I haven't like uh, I haven't gone to like Pornhub and typed in worms. <laughs> I have, but not to see worms fuck. Okay, you're you're looking into something more particular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> particular. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna say they can fuck. I I bet they they like to get freaky. Yeah, I mean, who I doesn't? Know. I don't know if they'd want to fuck people. Do you think? Do you think one would want to have sex with a person? I don't see why. I mean, it's not like you see a lamb and it's like I want to fuck that guy. You know, lambs. It's don't true. Really. Lambs. That's a good point. Lambs don't want to. Yeah. So why would? <laughs> don't you see my logic? No, no. It it, it all makes perfect sense. It's all perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah. You're, You're not saying anything that we don't all agree on. You're welcome. Well, it's fight night. Fight. Welcome to Fight Night Chibble Round 1. We've got, in this corner, the Mongolian Death Worm. In the other corner, we've got 7'1", 363-pound, prime Shaquille O'Neal. 
Yay! Yay. All right. Mongolian death were pretty deadly. That's why they call it the Mongolian death worm. That is why. That's the big reason. Is that it's so deadly. <laughs> it's also now, Mongolian is another reason. Yeah, that's that's where the Mongolian part. And it's, it's also a worm-like shape. Yeah. Right. Uh okay, so how, what's Shaq's path to victory? It can obviously I'm just going to Google real quick, just for a point of comparison, because I feel like this would be relevant. How 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 Akeem Olajuwon did against it, <laughs> just to see. How often can an electric eel shock? That's a good point. Uh, when threatened, electric eels can produce intermittent electric shocks for an hour without showing any signs <laughs> of getting tired. <laughs> but that, not at full power. It didn't say. It says without any signs of getting tired. Oh, maybe. So that's going to be a problem for our shacks. I, uh, I think you're underestimating one thing. Shaq has a size 21 triple E shoe. So, but I mean, if it's getting, if he's getting electrocuted through the air, he's going to have to be like entirely insulated. You're going to have to put Shaq in a full body condom if you want to nullify this area of effect electrical attack. Doesn't he have to touch you to electrocute you? No, he can do it through the air. Oh. He's like a Tesla coil. No, no, that's overpowered. I, that, he's the death worm. Denied. denied. That's the fact. No. I didn't make this up. That's horse shit. This is, this is the truth. This is the Mongolian death worm. It's not called the Mongolian danger worm. That's true. But what if Shaq is behind the hoop? Wouldn't the electricity hit the, the basket support? All right. So you're saying he's going to time his attack. Yes. Okay. And while he's there, he's going to be dodging spits of corrosive venom. Right. That I think he could do quite well. Mm -hmm. And then he grabs the worm and dies. instantly. Why wouldn't he stomp on him with his huge feet? That's true. And he is worried about the... Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. All right. We're going to split the difference between how we're doing. Okay. This is going to be because I don't think the Mongolian, I don't think Shaq knows very much about the Mongolian death worm. I think he's going to learn very quickly because he's a smart guy. But I think it's, he's going to lose a couple Shaqs through the learning process. One's going to okay. get electrocuted, one's going to get spit on, and it's going to see, uh, they're going to see corrosive acid eating a hole through his chest. Wait a second, Chibble, is is that corrosive acid? Yeah, that's why that other Shaq is melting in front of you, Shaq. I'm not going to make the same mistake he did. No, you're going to have to watch out for those corrosive acid spits. Thank you, Sybil. But then, of course, that Shaq runs up and grabs the Mongolian death worm. Come here, death worm. That one dies, too. I'm sorry. Oh. Shaq number four <laughs> learns from the previous three Shaqs that have died. Works on his timing to get through the electrical discharge. Stomps the worm to death. Four shacks. That's my that's my decision. So really one shack if it knows what it's doing. Yes, but I'm going to say Shaq unfortunately has not studied the tail of right. the tape. Shaq, if you listen to this episode and now you know, right on in. <laughs> or you know what? Keep it to yourself, Shaq. I don't need this. Next round we have the Mongolian death worm versus Bizarro Shaq. The short, mean, white, unfunny asshole version of Shaq. 
Okay, so it's me. <laughs> uh, obviously, I. Who would, it, who would it be? Um, short, unfunny asshole Ben Shapiro. Yes, yes. Me. Uh, throw me so, the basketball. I'm going to do a classic layup. A <laughs> gentleman's way to score. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that, okay, Ben Shapiro. I said he, bounce pass it to me. Now, Shaq does not know about the Mongolian death worm. Does Bizarro Shaq then know about the Mongolian death worm? No, no. Okay, then, yeah, once again, he's going to have the same problems. He's going to get caught by surprise and get electrocuted to death at a distance of six feet. And but then Venom's going to get spit dumb. on his penis. Real, real smart is Shaq. Shaq is real smart, so Bizarro Shaq would be stupid, so he wouldn't learn. I don't know why you're debating the point with me when I said he's already dead. He's also dumb. If that makes no, I'm saying how many would it take. I'm just. Saying oh no! Oh, now we're back to how many? Yeah. Oof. Boy, I have not seen that guy learn very much, and I don't know if he's going to have the athleticism. To get past those electrical discharges. You don't think Ben Shapiro looks athletic? Um, I'm once again thinking of it more as an abstract Bizarro Shack. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. If Shaq is athletic, then Bizarro Shack is not. You're right, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, you're just going to have to keep on piling bodies. It's basically going to have to be until uh, the Death Worm runs out of daylight. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say uh, 40. Okay, we've got the Mongolian Death Worm. Versus the Hansolian meth worm, which is obviously a giant worm on meth with the head of Harrison Ford. Okay. Uh, the Boy, that meth, it's a real distraction. I'm going to have to put this one on the Mongolian death worm. Kids, stay off of meth. Completely understood. We've got the Mongolian death worm versus the crowd of people who dedicate their Sundays to protesting abortion clinics on Main Street around the corner from me. Wow. I wonder if there are a lot of abortions on Sunday. It seems like a weird time to go protest. <laughs> on the day of rest, really? Yeah, when no one's at work. <laughs> like, yes. well, like, we're closed Sunday. I don't give a shit what you say. Have a nice time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to say it's sort of that thinking that is not going to lead them to success against the Mongolian death worm. got to put this on the Ulgoy Horhoi. We have the Mongolian death worm versus Freddy Kroger's. A dream demon who haunts your local convenience store. Uh, hang on. <laughs> that one makes me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that one. Uh, all right. He is a dream demon. Who I is? don't think uh, that's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> the dream demon that haunts your local convenience store. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, I don't know if Mongolian death worms dream. They don't seem to have that level of consciousness as to me. That's but, a good point. Uh, you know, we're going to assume they're going to have to interact somehow. And dream demons, you know, unless they're, like, digging up his bones and pissing on them or whatever you have to do this time to stop Freddy Krueger. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the, the poison and the acid and the electricity, that's only going to slow him down. i got to put this one on Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger wins. We have the Mongolian death worm versus the Napoleon death worm, which is French, mm. half the size, and mad about it. Well, I think the Mongolian death worm uh, size has not proven to be a key factor in its fighting ability. It's true. 
and so I got to put this on the Napoleon death worm because he's got that hunger. He's got that anger. Very angry. He's going to go gorilla monsoon on this dude. <laughs> we have the Mongolian death worm versus uh, Mike Tyson wearing mm. a hand wrap on both hands, dipped in glue, and then broken glass. Well, I'm going to say that's the exact opposite situation you want to find yourself in with the Mongolian death worm. Best case scenario, you wind in a draw as you splatter its horrible poison all over yourself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going to call this one a draw. Last but not least, we have the Mongolian death worm versus... Versus Jason Divorcees, the horror movie villain just getting back into dating. Well, Jason, I think we're all pulling for you on this one. Uh, and very hard to kill, has survived a lot of things. I'm going to say he survived poison and acid at some point. Yeah, he's, no, that wouldn't slow him down, no. Definitely survived electrical attacks. True. And, you know, and he's surviving, entering this new phase of his life. So I got to put this on Jason Divorcees. <laughs> Very good, Shivalin. That was fight night. What a fight. What a night. Man. Ethan, you got to tell me. Do you have any more? Layla presents Mongolian. Number seven. The Mongols went to war with the Mexican Mafia. Mm. I will not be making any Mexican Mafia jokes. I think that's a very smart play. In 2004, a group of Mongols got into a confrontation with members of the Mexican Mafia regarding a drug operation the game was running. The confrontation... They should just work it out. <laughs> yeah, they're Fellas, it's time to just squash that beef. The confrontation led to the bust of the operation by the police, which upset the Mexican Mafia. The Mongols were ordered to pay a sum of $10,000 to compensate for the losses. The Mongols refused to pay, which led to a street mm. war, resulting in multiple deaths on both sides. The two parties ended up meeting behind closed doors and resolving the ongoing war with a cash settlement. Okay, cool. So it all just came down to just a cash settlement. Yep, money, money runs the world, apparently. Number eight. The Mongols have their own intelligence unit. Okay, that sounds like a sweet gig. Yeah, but then listen to the... I just thought this was funny because this was one of the facts I found. In an interview with Gangland, former Mongols National President, uh, President Ruben Dot Cavazos told a reporter, I'll dress differently. And when the Mongols are headed to a bike function, I'd enter it ahead of time. And I'll mingle and find out who's there. Mm. So it's very much like the military. I mean, smart, fair, it seems like a smart play. That's not having your own intelligence unit. No, I would say they're they they might be uh, gilding the lily with that one. They might be uh, you know talking that operation up. And also, what kind of badass biker gang is like? Well, we can't show up there if both those guys are there. <laughs> what if someone's there and they're going to be mean? <laughs> Someone might be there who we don't like or who doesn't like us, or they might have dressed the same. Oh, man, Frankie's there, and he said our colors are gay. <laughs> hey, guys, it's the Mongols with those gay colors. Shut up, Frankie! <laughs> hey, you shut up! Let's get out of here. We need to start planning ahead for this. Let me drive after them. No, don't! 
Bahamut. What the fuck was his name? Mustafa B. Mustafa B. Number nine. The Mongols were banned from wearing their patches. Mm. If there's anything members of Outlaw Motorcycle Clubs take pride in, it's their patches. They love them. Not, they absolutely love them. Not only do patches show loyalty and commitment to the club a member is part of, they also show their achievements and ranking within that club. In 2008, prosecutors seized Mongol members' jackets and any other item that had their logo. The decision was later overturned by a California judge as it violated both the First and Eighth Amendments. Hell yeah, that judge got it right. Rock on. Wow. Talk about facts. <laughs> we certainly learned nine things. And we learned a lot about the Mongolian death room. And I could see that its ability to instantly kill you oh. has got you quaking in your boots, Ethan. Did you hear me? I, I, a sound came from my... I, 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 I'm stuttering. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight, Chibble. There's one thing I need to know from you just to be able to continue. And that is, is real? Is real? Shake it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! Well, tough to say, really. It's tough to say. Stories about this go pretty far back, but once again, I was not able to find anybody Mongolian to talk to about this, <laughs> who I really would consider the experts. Uh, there are a couple theories as to what uh, other things, if it's not a Mongolian death room, if it's not literally some sort of venomous, poisonous, electrical worm. Uh, another theory is uh, in 1983, a specimen of the tartar sand boa was shown to Mongolian locals who all said that it was the old Goy Korkoy. So it could just be a deadly snake. Oh, is that snake deadly? Uh, well, let's see. The tartar, I guess it's a boa, so it's a, a boa, constrictor. So it's, not, it's not venomous. Yeah, so it seems unlikely. Uh, by, yeah. The other option is that these stories go back pretty far, and they're in an extinct species of Sinoamphisbena. Oh, that was my other thought. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't one of your three guesses at the top. It was. I said it. Well, the Sino... Do you know what an Amphisbena is? No. An Amphisbena is uh, a lizard without any arms or legs. Oh, um, like a, a skink. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people might be thinking, wait, I thought a skink... Is, is a skink an amphibian? I don't know. All right, I'm just going to Google skink. Listeners, rest assured... We will not continue until we find out what a skink is. Because you guys want to know. It's not us. Oh, no. A skink is a lizard, but it does have arms and legs. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, an oh, amphis... Uh, the, You're thinking of a, a snake. Yes. The, the, there, but there's a, the, there's a snake that's not really a snake. It's a lizard. It's called... Snakes are lizards. No, but there's, there's something called a something snake that isn't classified as a snake. It's probably an amphisbena. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now, the the difference between a amphisbena and a snake is one, an amphisbena will have two lungs. Snakes only have their left lung. Is what I found. I don't know what the fuck that means. That's I crazy. would just call it my center lung if I just had the one. <laughs> but sure. 
whatever you say, scientists. Uh, the other thing about uh, is that they have a much smaller heads and that are like less distinct from their bodies. It looks more like their body comes to uh, a stop. And now there used to be uh, the Sinoamphisbaena, or a long extinct species of Amphisbaena. They found relics of them in Mongolia and China. But uh, in South, the, the only ones that are still alive are in South America, Africa, and Europe. Gotcha. So it could be a long extinct species of Amphisbaena. Or even a still, uh, still alive species of Amphisbaena that just hasn't been found. That's super so, cool, actually. I really like that. Yeah, there could indeed be Mongolian deathworms out there. And listeners, if you find a Mongolian deathworm, let's have that reveal on the show. <laughs> Pick it up. Yeah, just listen. Remember from the story, you do <coughs> want those long steel tongs. But if you don't have any, just touch it really quick and drop it. Yeah, and yeah. poke holes in whatever you put it in, poke holes. That's a big yeah. thing. Yeah, you want to make sure and give it a little leaf to chew on. And wash out the, the uh, venom it spits in your eyeballs. Yeah, as quick as you can. And also coat <laughs> yourself entirely in insulating rubber. <laughs> and uh, for, once again, for erotic purposes. But also uh, it might uh, help protect you. It's sort of a twofer. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the Mongolian death worm. What do you think I about that? I thought it was amazing. Amazing episode. Amazing research. Thank you so much, Shibble. And I think I see a light. It's the red light from Uncle Monster. (laughs) (laughs) You great entrance, Uncle Monster. Thanks. I wanted to come in with the energy. You did. You're full of energy. Now, Uncle Monster, I really enjoyed the show, but I'm scared that I won't have anything to do until next week's episode. Well, you should watch a a feature-length film. (gasps) A feature-length film sounds excellent. Which one? You should watch M. Night Shyamalan's Split, starring James McAvoy. Oh, talented actor. And it also stars James McAvoy and James McAvoy. (laughs) And James McAvoy. And James McAvoy. Featuring James McAvoy. <laughs> with a special guest appearance by James McAvoy. And is that Uncle Monster 2? <laughs> Hi, Shimo! Oh my god, it's Uncle Monster 2, the twofer. What do you got a movie for us this week? I like James McAvoy. Well, you should check out Split. He's all... No! All right, fair enough. You should watch The Last King of Scotland. Okay, I like James McAvoy. Well, do you have a movie for me this week? If you think Large Marge is scary and centipedes Mm. aren't pets, then you should check out 1987's Creepazoids. I don't know much about it, but Linnea Quigley's in it, so I give it an auto four stars. Give it a watch, but don't take my word for it, LeVar. Yeah, LeVar, stop taking his word for it and just watch Creepazoids. Yeah. How many movies does he have to recommend for you watching, LeVar? Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Listeners, thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you had a fun time. Uh, We hope that you uh, like and subscribe and leave a comment. 
Uh, we hope that you check out some of the new content that we've been creating for our YouTube channel, which you can find at Uncle Monster Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Uncle Monster 6, on Blue Sky as unclemonster.beaksky.social. And of course, as always, you can find us on Patreon at Uncle Monster 6. You guys are having trouble finding that, I think. You've been doing a great job. Thank you to all our subscribers. Come join in the fun. They did just help me buy a new laptop. So Aww. thank you so much, uh, subscribers. That went a long way. And this is our first episode we're recording on it. So this one's dedicated to our Patreon subscribers. What sweethearts. Thank you guys so much. And more importantly, thank you for being here with us now and every week. We look forward to seeing you next time. We couldn't do it without you. Just remember one thing. Don't, Don't get, get spooked. spooked.